What's going on, internet? I'd like to welcome you guys back to Respectfully Speaking, the place where we talk about all things geek. Thanks for tuning in into episode number two. Now, before we get into the topics, if you are watching the YouTube version of the podcast, youtube.com slash respectfully speaking, know the show is also available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all other major platforms. My name is James, and I'm here with my two co-hosts today, Jason and Malcolm, and I wanted to start off with The Office. Now, I personally never cared for The Office. Uh, Jason forced me to watch at least five episodes of it, and it's just dry humor with camera pans, and that's the joke. So, but obviously Jason disagrees with me heavily, Um, but I brought up The Office to say that they are doing a reboot. Now, what's interesting about this reboot in particular is in the article. So, the showrunner, and the showrunner is someone who is pretty much managing the show. He's... They are approving the scripts, approving the production, approving all the things so that way things run smoothly. And apparently, um, the showrunner Greg Daniels wants to come back. Now, originally, apparently, the office season one I heard was not well loved by people because they felt like it was a copy off the UK version of Office almost one to one. But the office, the American version, with Steve Carell found their footing season two and above. Now, the quote that the showrunner gave is saying that uh, I can't tell whether fans would want more of it and when I say more of it I don't think it would be the same characters I think it would just be sort of like an extension of the universe you know what I mean like the way the Mandalorian is like an extension of Star Wars but I don't know if that would be something people would want or not it's hard to tell now I don't know how Malcolm's level of fandom of The Office is, so I'm going to go to the true number one black person I know that just loves The Office, Jason. Give us your thoughts. Not even a shot. I think, Jason, you're the only black person I know who's watched The Office. But Are you serious? I, <laughs> There's no way. I, I think this There's is more about no black people in general than you. I don't, I, we watched we watch this show like <laughs> right. Martin and Girlfriend. I, I'm not saying you're wrong for it. I'm not at all. I'm just saying I don't know. Anyway, I'll let you go. Hey. First of all, I do agree. The first season of The Office is trash. I watched the whole first season, and I dropped it and came back to it like five years later, right before they took it off Netflix. And I really, really like The Office. Um, I think your points, what you said earlier about the first season kind of being like a copy and it just didn't, you know, have its own footing. What you said earlier, James, like I, that makes sense to me. As far as a reboot is, con- is, is concerned, I don't think it'll... Pardon me, the reason why I don't think this will work and I'm sure this is like a common opinion among other people who, who hear like the potential stirrings of this being a thing is for one, like you also got to keep in mind, like it's for the time that it was and not just like in a like, oh, the, the humor is like punchy in a way that oh, no. landed in 2010 that isn't punchy now. The same way like Rush Hour 1 would not have done as well if it came out today versus when it came out like 20 years ago. But that's not really where I'm coming, getting at. It's more like we've seen the office style directing in a lot of different... And I think it's still a good style of directing. I think it's still good television. And I think other shows that have used that directing style but obviously have their own characters, their own universes, their own inside jokes and other directing differences like Parks and Rec, for example, or Abbott Elementary. I personally think Parks and... Like, I don't think Abbott Elementary is as good. But I've only seen the first season. So what do I know? Um... But I honestly don't feel like people want another Office clone, even if it is an Office extension. 
I don't know if I want that. Um, I, honestly, I feel like the biggest concern I would have is a lot of like spinoffs or sequels is they would try to like, all right, like there was this type of character. There was a Creed, there's a Creed guy. There was a Jim and Pam, like had to find someone who fits that dynamic. And then we need like a cringy boss. Like what I'm afraid of is they're gonna try too hard to make it different without making it different to the point where you end up with like, I'm not sure if anyone's seen like Avatar Legend of Korra, like sort of that kind of situation where like you have Bolin, a really, really, really bad soccer clone or uh, Mako, a really edgy Zuko with like no progression or development. Do you know what I mean? Fast. Not helpful. And so what I'm afraid of is they're gonna do that and they're gonna probably get a lot of young, talented actors and then it's just gonna be a flop. Hmm. And the only way it wouldn't be a flop is if they, instead of like looking at the mold that they have, they would need to extend the universe and break the mold at the same time. And you're gonna always affect, uh, offend some old fans in that way. Hmm. Okay. Malcolm, what's your take? Oof. Um, I'm gonna come in strong and hot. I uh, I will oh. say that. <laughs> play. Anyways, I wanted to say that. I think I'm really sick and tired of hearing the narrative. Oh, you couldn't do this in this time period. Oh, you couldn't get away with this. Today's TV is not the same as it was. Like, I think me and James are like both hardcore firm on the stance of like they have ridiculous tv shows with ridiculous concepts and ridiculous humor they have an out now and it's not like it's anything different so anyone who's like oh they can't do the office like they did back then it's like way too uh like way too woke right now or something like that like that's just simply not true they can get away with it no one's out here actually complaining i've seen more people saying that it won't happen than i see people actually complaining about it happening so I, I just want to get that clear off my chest. Like, I think that's the number one biggest argument that like I hear against why it wouldn't work when I don't even think that would be the case. I think it won't work, but I don't think that's why it won't work. Um, mm. I, I don't think it will work because people love The Office for what it is and it wrapped it up in like, how many seasons did it have? Nine, eight, eight or nine, eight or nine seasons. Like anything longer than that, I think I saw a tweet or a post somewhere saying like, if a sitcom has more than like four or five seasons, it's not going to be good, and like the later seasons are going to be bad. And then like, that had eight or nine seasons, and then it was like it's highly regarded. I feel like if you keep doing more seasons, it's not going to like last. You're going to be repeating the same jokes. It's going to be hard to like rekindle that same spirit and energy that you start off the beginning of it. Think about every other sitcom that you've seen. Whether it was successful or not, like, the first couple of seasons are always, like, decent. We said the first season of The Office wasn't really that good. Like, season two, three, four, and five, people really loved them. People, but, you like, think of, like, other famous sitcoms. Um, I can't think New of Girl. any of Yeah, New Girl. Like, or, or uh, Brooklyn pretty much Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, people don't say, like, oh, this new season, I can't wait for it. Maybe they do, but it's like... Oh, I miss those those old days. So like, why not leave the old days, the old days, and like try something new? I'm tired of reboots, by the way. Well, I'll tell you right now, a lot of that, and James could probably back me up on this. It is a safer investment. They would rather make middle of the road money than risk That's fair. either making nothing uh, by trying a new idea or blowing up by making a new idea. And you can have like studios like Cartoon Network, which always roll the dice, and that's why they had like 
the worst of the worst and the best of the best. Nobody likes problem solvers, but Adventure Time and Regular Show are ultimate classics. Adventures of Flapjack, Billy and Mandy, all of them push the envelope and Damn. do things that were very unconventional for the industry. And therefore, you have to have a, a company that's willing to roll the dice like that. And I'll tell you right now, nowadays, people want a formula. People want something that, like... That's why you keep seeing all mm-hmm. of these... Uh, um, Franchise movies. No, there's no, there's hardly any one-off movies anymore. Everything's a franchise. Everything from yeah. The Conjuring to the Justice League movies and the Marvel and everything's. A if it's a or remotely movie. like average successful movie and it has an open-ended ending, it's going to get a sequel at this point. It's going to get a trilogy. It's going to get a franchise, spin-offs, or, all of that, or reboots. No one asked for. Mm-hmm. Like Toy Story Five. Nobody wants to see that. No. Three, to be honest. Sort of. And what and what it would take for them to do to keep it going would disrespect what was already there. That's why I hate Dragon Ball Super so much. Sorry. But that's another that's another conversation. That's another another reference. Oh, anyways, The Office. I I will add this to. Um. I think it needs to stay what it is. I actually I really like your point of that. Like they they want to like take the thing that's like going to give them the average where people are going to want to see it but they're not going to like take a risk but they know it'll draw in a good enough audience um i also i i think that they will reboot the characters and like have a different like timeline a different um whatever like different characters different actors i think i saw one person say something that i like actually thought would be interesting what if they do it like in a different country or it did it in a different setting or something something different that That's all I want to see. Um, someone suggested Australia. I don't know how they're going to do that, but whatever. I don't, I, I don't. I don't care about it either. But it's a difference. I'm looking for a difference, or like different casts. I mean, like someone said, and not in like not just true. a general office. Like, oh, that no, nah, we can't do that. But I mean, we've already done like unpopular opinion. I like Parks and Rec better than The Office, start to finish. I think it had a better start, and I think it was more consistent start to finish than. Uh, the office was or the office had a really bad start really amazing middle and the off and the back end of the office was really cringy after michael scott left but we've seen the shift from general office like so they had a paper company and then other ones like hmm, the inside of like a parks and recreation department inside of like small city government and mm-hmm. the workings of that like that was interesting it was interesting because you're both like learning about something new something you're not like used to but there was a level of like you can relate to it because a lot of people work nine to fives or a lot of people do shift work yes what if it was in like a dentist's office or like a or i don't know I'm, we've already seen scrubs like <laughs> we already have enough That's hospital true. sitcoms it's gonna I, be hard I, to I, pull I that just, off I'm just I don't think they should be doing it at all but like just do something different I don't want them to like reboot the same thing that would be bad you should rewrite Scrubs by the way it's been a long time since I've seen Scrubs I've never watched Scrubs I've I I don't know if it's good or bad or not I just never cared it's like um What's that? What's that? What's the um? What's the show for soccer moms for Karens? General Hospital or something like that? It's not even yeah, the same genre. What? What? People. What? It, it, that's like that was like Grey's Anatomy, but like before Grey's that, Anatomy. Yeah. General Hospital is like so. What? Are, all right, we're way off topic. My fault. Grey's Anatomy. It's a soap opera. A hospital setting. <laughs> oh, that explains why it's so trash. Anyway, so. Wow. Um. 
when it comes to the office reboot hearing both of y'all like really expanded my mindset on this so when he made the comment about the mandalorian i was like okay i see what you mean it's it's in the universe but it's like a whole pocket of the universe but then i thought to myself well for the mandalorian it makes sense because the lore that's established complements man you can't like you can watch mandalorian without seeing the rest of the star wars universe true but the Mandalorian show is possible because of the lore built up from the Star Wars films, essentially. And I feel like with The Office, it has such a... Its premise... It's not a bad premise at all, I'm not saying that, but you don't really need to tag The Office. If you if you want to do an extension, like you want to make it in Australia or in Africa or some other setting or whatever, it don't need to be called The Office. It could just be literally its own entire show. If you're not going to bring back jim pan or whatever michael scott the the i guess the guy um that steve carroll's playing then it's not the office it's just you're 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 taking the name the office just because it's popular but the characters mm -hmm. aren't coming back so at that point you might as well just make a whole new sitcom and just roll with it um and one thing jason is saying in particular i've never seen parks and rec either i'm sure it's phenomenal or it's good i haven't watched it so i won't criticize it but the showrunner that did the office left to focus on parks and rec that's why the show's quality dipped plus steve carroll left so they both left around the same time that's why the quality dipped for the office but parks and rec got better and if i was in charge for the office reboot if they want to if they want to I would take a ballsy move and focus on uh, <laughs> I would focus on how AI artificial intelligence is affecting news media and how it's actually draining money out uh, or social media if you want to be more uh, specific about it social media is draining like the potential for news me old traditional news media to thrive essentially because if you think about it the office was about newspapers if you do this one that's about like uh, a broadcast network like a CNN or a Fox News or whatever who's now struggling to compete with the independent journalists on social media I think that could be interesting and pretty funny you keep the same office aesthetic but instead of an all like it's, instead of like an all white besides two minority cast you go into a more diverse area and kind of play around with that idea personally I don't care what they do because I'm not watching it out of the way but hey, if they want to listen to me, that's my advice to you. But overall, um, I, another point with Malcolm that I do agree about is the tweet that you mentioned, that after like the fourth or fifth season is not good. I do disagree. Because um, I've seen some good shows. Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine lasted eight seasons, and I love that darn show. Okay. It's great. It's um, very rare, I think, is more so what I was saying. Right. I can agree with that. It's like after after the fourth or fifth season, how much more can you stretch it? And after the fourth or fifth season, it'll show more about how strong your characters are mm -hmm. than how strong you are to make a simple plot throughout the season, if that makes sense. So overall, I mean, hey, I hope the showrunner does well. I hope uh, the office reboot, they find a way to crack the code and make it success and so they can make more money because... Uh, I don't know. I think you should I'm, leave the office alone. I'm just gonna have to keep hearing about the office nonstop, 24/7. I remember this show was not as popular as it was when it first came out. Like people liked it, but I, no one regarded it as the greatest comedy ever. And then now people, like four or five years ago, people were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so funny!" And like I've seen it like three times. 
now like six years later i'm like i've seen it 10 times and i'm like do y'all not watch other things y'all re-watch the same show 10 times bro you have no room to talk but hey hey but hey but but people don't have time like that i've been have been like jumbled up and chopped up and sliced and tossed and people would rather rewatch the same show and know they'll enjoy it than take a chance on these newer shows and that's why franchises mm-hmm. are are a thing because people want something that's familiar more now than ever i I agree. I that think it wasn't that deep when it came rewatching out. the same show, like if it's a drama or something else, like even rewatching the same comedy, but like to to binge watch it from start to finish nonstop. I feel like for a comedy that maybe that I don't know, like you know for what? something that has a plot like a start to finish, that makes more sense to me. I think it's the same way, but nothing is good in the moment, bro. Nothing is as good in the moment. Like anything from like. Like, the games that people, like, were, like, uh, nitpicking when they came out, they looked like, oh, man, I remember that game. That game was a classic. Oh, I remember that TV show. That TV show was a classic. Bro, like, memory is sweet. Like, reminiscence is sweet to people. Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Because no matter what happens, the further in time you go, it almost seems like your life gets more complicated, and anything that was in your life when it was less complicated is going to be more enjoyable, looking back. Yeah. It brings you back. Right. Yeah, why do you think that uh, those adult films are so popular, bro? You just go back to the same content. It's I don't know how... what you're talking about, but Aquaman 2 what? is an adult film. <laughs> it sure is an adult film, yes. It, it is. a grown man. Um, so it's about a grown... So Aquaman 2, thank you, Michael, for the segue. Mm-hmm. Aquaman 2 is um, a sequel to Aquaman 1, who grossed over a billion dollars back in 2018. And then that film made Warner Brothers attempt to start a uh, a movie called The Trench, which was one of the seven or five kingdoms of Atlantis that split up. Think about Wakanda, uh, how like it started off with a bunch of kingdoms, but then they all kind of split up and did their own like tribal stuff. Same thing kind of happened with Aquaman, and it was going to focus on The Trench, which is going to be like these scary creatures, like a horror vibe-esque. But because I guess they didn't come up with a good story or anything like that, they decided to drop it. So, now, they finally came out with Aquaman 2. Now, the scary thing with Aquaman 2 is it's been going through some trouble since uh, the past year, year and a half. So, here's how I'll explain it. They've been through a ton, and I mean a ton of reshoots. So, apparently, they went through like three or four reshoots so far. They've been slicing and dicing this movie so much. Um, even before James Gunn arrived, they were trying to, I guess, figure out how to make the audience like the film more. But no matter what score they kept getting back from the test screening, it just didn't really please the audience well enough. Um, and a lot of people were worried because the movie comes out in December. But for some odd reason, we just got a trailer like a week or two ago, which was actually the shortest time uh, between trailer to release date that I think DC has ever started promoting a movie. Which kind of shows some worry for among the fans of like, man, is Aquaman 2 actually going to be good? Or is this going to be another dud? Especially since this is going to be the last DCEU film before we start the reboot of James Gunn's universe. So, what do you, did you guys look at the trailer before we started? Or what are your thoughts on, because I don't know if you guys saw Aquaman or not. But like, what's your overall thoughts about Aquaman 2? Um, the rumors that you hear and just overall vibe that this is going to be the finale of the DCEU. I'll start with uh, Jason. So I I saw the trailer. Um, 
I don't hear anything positive. I don't hear much. There's not a lot of whispers or murmurs um, generally about DC. I think in general, we're still in that chunk of time where everyone's just a hater. Um, just cause. Um, I, I'm i not surprised that they're having trouble because even as I'm watching the trailer, I'm just like, dude, in my mind, it just looks like nobody who's in this mug wants to be in this joint. <laughs> it just looks like they're really just trying to do something with Aquaman. And and it kind of brings me back to a similar argument that I've had before, which is like, maybe I should just scale down, bro. Like, and just choose an audience and just like appease that audience. Because I feel like they're just trying to do a lot. And I'm like, looking at like all these fight scenes and this and that. Black Manta's coming back or not really coming back. Because this kind of looks like a reboot. No, this is a sequel. He's coming back. Yeah. And so the the, for the original movie is canon still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aquaman, Aquaman 1 is canon to Aquaman 2. Correct. Yeah. All right. It's hard to keep track of what's canon, what's not, and what are they switching up and what they're not switching up. But mm-hmm. it looks like... I don't know. It just feels like they're showing me a lot. And I just wonder if I'm going to care. <laughs> because again okay. Aqu- Aquaman especially like like the way that they casted Aquaman and they built him like they really went 10 out of 10 with like let's make him cool and let's like let's make him tough but I'm like hmm how can you make me care and I think that's gonna be like tough because it still has that very edgy vibe even though they've changed the costume and made him look more like the Super Friends version but Super I don't know I, sorry if it seems like a very wishy-washy answer but Give me your thoughts. Hey, what about you, Malcolm? Um, I want to preface this by saying that you can take my DC fan card away. I did not see Aquaman one. It was just—it's on my list, but it definitely seems like it's not a priority. And definitely, it's like Aquaman two is the last canon like movie in the DCU. So like, why should I even care about the first one if it's like not even going to be worth it? And then it didn't get great reviews, and then. I don't know. I'm going to watch it eventually, and then I'll watch the second one. And but like, I just wanted to no like exactly. put that out there. I I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> like DC is really hurting my soul by like continuously putting out this product that just they either look like they want to write a good script but have bad acting and CGI, or they want to put out like a and a mid script with like great special effects and like the costume looks great or like they they can't bring it all together and Aquaman 2 looks like it's just going to be the same thing. It looked pretty in the trailer. I did watch the trailer. It looked pretty. But that's it. I and I know a trailer is not supposed to give me like all the like the missing pieces of like how good is the acting or how good is the script, how good is the story. But I just have the same vibe that it's going to be like the other DC movies, and that's just disappointing to me. I'm still going to watch it. I just have really low expectations. I, I really just, it breaks my heart to be a DC fan. That's what I'll say. <laughs> right now, I will never say that. But it could be worse. Because I spent a lot of time watching a lot of the older DC materials. Just kind of protecting myself from all the haters. He right said protecting. I really, I literally, I really, I rewatched uh, Justice League: Crisis Between mm-hmm. two, Crisis of Two Earths again over the weekend. Movie is phenomenal. The writing in there is better than ninety percent of what D, what of what Marvel and DC have dropped in the last four years, with exception of the Spider-Man movie and maybe Wakanda Forever. 
the writing was just chef's kiss just great everything mm -hmm. but I'm like what is so hard about writing this level of story and making it live action it's almost like live action begs to suck like it's I don't understand um and you what you're saying almost is starting to sound like and correct me if I'm wrong it almost starting to sound like you're just like over it with like Damn. live action everything you, you almost wish that they that this train would finally have it blast stop and we would stop just pumping this endless stream of let's make everything live action if I'm almost there, there like nerds want their content let's give it to them live action and they're gonna be a faithful audience even if it sucks and I feel like that's the kind of treatment we've had from the very beginning and I feel like that's kind of what we have now and they put more and more and more money and I feel like more money does not equal better results some of the best money movies I've seen don't have these in, like intense like sprawling um, environments even some of the classics that you know like aren't that and so like why do we have like billions of CGI and they, they're making these like big like cityscapes or like just oceanscapes in this case and then a bare bones story because they assume we're an idiot for some reason and we just need eye candy and I, I don't like that either and I was like where is the interpersonal relationship between characters where is the actual development world building like through dialogue like I don't see that all I see is quick whips and like it's almost like they think that that's like that that's how we think relationships develop like is it? I mean, maybe maybe they do. They maybe they know something we don't. Like, is that how the writers are thinking? Because like, that's not how I've seen characters written in comic book adaptations. Not just the comic books, but comic book adaptations, like the cartoon shows they they've put out, Marvel or DC. Yeah, mostly DC. But DC more DC. Yeah, versus Marvel. But if anything, uh, Malcolm, you should be just ecstatic. You shouldn't care at all how Aquaman 2 performs because you got your baby, the Batman trilogy, yeah. uh, blessing you. So you don't care about nothing about DC besides Batman. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's all that. Hold on. Where is that? Right here. Oh, you got it. Where is it at? Oh, yeah, you got the Grant Morrison. Yeah, you got the Grant yeah. Morrison Batman yeah. comic. Grant Morrison. There you go. Graham Morrison, I hope to see that man in heaven. <laughs> I know, that man has... For all his contributions to society. Literally. Um, when it comes to Aquaman 2, so I, I'm assuming, I guess I'm the only one that saw Aquaman 1 in this group. I'll say uh, I really did love it the first time I went to go see it in theaters. And it, it just, it was an Aquaman story come to life for me personally. It had the adventure. The water was really beautiful. Like, Malcolm, pretty much what you said is what a lot of people do say. It's a visually fun movie. It is not supposed to win you Oscars. It's not going to do anything that changes the game. But if you're going in for a good adventure movie involving a man underwater trying to... You could have watched the, the new Avatar movie, The Way of the Water. Like, oh, like... No, wait a minute. Both are good movies. Both are, both are great movies. But with Aquaman 1, I will say this. Um, it's, it, it definitely had some writing issues upon like multiple watches, but nothing too grotesque where I'm like, oh, I can't recommend it. It's just more so I can see that they were trying to get their footing on exactly what they were trying to do here. And we watched this trailer, Aquaman 2 trailer. A lot of people on the internet, and I'll have to admit, even I had the same thought process too, it didn't necessarily wow me. It, it, it wasn't like, oh, this looks like it's about, it's about to suck, but it felt like Aquaman 1.5. That 
than Aquaman 2 in a way. It if you played Aquaman 1 trailer, the Aquaman 2 trailer, there's kind of not much of a difference. I, I, but there, yeah, there's not much of a difference in terms of what I see the plot beats happening. Because in Aquaman 1, I don't want to go full spoil about my, depending on how Send it, bro. I feel. But, <clears throat> but at least in Aquaman 1, it was um, Arthur Curry, Aquaman. I'll just call him Aquaman for now. It was Aquaman and Mira going on an adventure to retrieve an item to help him get the trident so he can finally feel worthy of being part of the kingdom, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then you had his brother Orr, which is Ocean Master, and Black Manta coming after him. Now, apparently in this one, by the, by the way, in Aquaman 1, Aquaman 1, he beat his brother, he locked his brother up in a cage and stuff like that. Now, it seems like in Aquaman 2, he needs his brother's help because I don't think Mira's gonna be involved because there's a baby now. Maybe they're gonna find a way to write Amber Heard off and be like, hey, she's taking care of the baby. You know, we don't wanna deal with that type of drama. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's probably gonna focus on Aquaman and his brother going on an adventure with Black Manta coming back and being the bad guy. And a lot of people had some criticisms because they felt like, oh, we're reusing villains like Black Manta. I would highly tell those people to be quiet because uh, Black Manta is not just two points. One, uh, Black Manta is Aquaman's like nemesis. That's his Joker. That's who this man killed his baby. This man cut off this man's arm. This man did some wild stuff to make Arthur suffer. Like this man, that that's that's a <laughs> on site type of dude. The second reason is. I don't want us to feel like we can't use villains in the future. Because in the comic books, it's the same way. In the comic books, a, a villain will come back maybe with a bigger motive or another plan. That's just kind of how things go. Uh, at least what I like so far in Aquaman 2 trailer is that in Aquaman 1, Black Manta was, was the supporting villain, not the main villain. Ocean Master, his author's brother, was the main villain. In Aquaman 2, it seems like Black Manta is the big bad. He is the, he has now a strong vendetta against Aquaman. And I'm excited to see how it goes. But you both are you both are right. A lot of people felt the same way. It doesn't really make me want to go buy a ticket and me like, oh I gotta see this the first day. I'm gonna go see it anyway, because I'm a DC fan, ride or die, regardless. No matter what. But for the casual audience member like Malcolm. He's gonna need a little bit more trailers to really be like, hey, no. this is for me. Tra trailers won't do a difference. I'm I'm gonna need. I don't no honestly. I don't even know what it would. There's no X Factor. Knowing that this is the last movie in this universe before there's a reboot has me all the way out. Like I'll wait till it comes out. I do not need to see this in theaters. This is, and even then, yeah. they need they need to stop putting stuff on streaming services if they actually want people to see these movies. Mm-hmm. They should, but I don't know. I think they, they accidentally did train the audience to get used to the fact that, hey, if you don't want to watch this movie, wait 30 days and it'll pop up on the streaming services. It's their fault for training audiences to think that way. Because before it was like a 90-day, 180-day window. Um, but I don't know. They, I've seen that comment a lot of times from Malcolm's perspective of like, since it's like the last film, just kind of like wait until it's out of theaters and we can watch it at home. And there are movies where I'm like, this is a Netflix movie. Like I'll watch it during, I'll watch it when I'm at home. But a lot of people seem to have some of this, this mindset that 
if it doesn't build to anything or it doesn't have anything extra, I just not interested in watching in theaters. For me, I like the perspective of if it's a good movie, regardless of where it is in order of a universe, if it's good, I'm gonna go see it. I wanna say that I have that same mindset too. I just don't think it's gonna be a good movie. So if it if it wasn't the last movie in the reboot or before the reboot of the series, I would be more inclined to go see it. But since it is, and I already think it's not going to be a good movie, I'm just like, what is the point of me spending any type of money and time and effort to drive to the theater and sit there and watch this? Mm. And it's already like, I, I remember someone said to me a couple months ago that the movie got scrapped. Like, they, or at least they thought it did. No. And I mean, I, I knew that wasn't what? true, but like, just the fact that people will leave, even have that mindset, like, it might not even be finished. It might not even be good. Like... What kind of like expectations are we supposed to have for a movie that's not even being anticipated? People thought it was gonna be canceled. That's true. I think it's um I think the the, the information of the reshoots and not them scoring well is hurting people's perception. Mm -hmm. I'll say specifically people who are who actually care and follow like the details behind the scenes. But even if you're not following details behind the scenes, when you watch the trailer, you're just like, okay, you know, if you it basically if you like the first Aquaman 1 movie, you're going to like the second Aquaman movie. It's, it's, it's feeding its audience that enjoys it. You're there for the visual spectacle, you're there for the great quips, you're there for the emotional uh, moments at times, and you're also there to see some crazy third act action sequences involving fish and octopuses. So Before we move on, I have a quick question. Since you saw it, for people who are like diehard Aquaman fans, and I know there's not a lot, if any, out there, but like, say Aquaman's your favorite fan, would you say the first one did a pretty good job for those diehard fans, or no? So I've I've read the comics of authors, at least definitely ones that's definitely like notable. I think they did a good job. Okay. I think that if they did do a reboot, I would like them to go a little probably more different direction. So mm -hmm. I think they focus more on it being more lighthearted, where I feel like Arthur's stories are a little bit more uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones drama heavy, per okay. se, because he, he's a king of Atlantis trying to control all these kingdoms to stay together. I think that'd be a more interesting perspective. But Definitely. I can understand, I can understand why they wouldn't go the lighthearted route, uh, because I think Warner Brothers at the time saw okay, so our serious movies like Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and and Suicide Squad, those didn't pan out well. But when we threw Shazam out there, and uh, when we threw Shazam out there, it made some money. So hey, let's bring in the, you know the comedic humor, the quips, and boom, billion dollars. I think they need to learn how to oscillate though, because I think the reality is Batman being dark and broody was the reason why they made a dark and broody DC EU. Yeah. And when Batman is your main selling point and your main draw to the uh, like to any audience, you want to like make sure every audience is comfortable with whatever movie he's in, even if it's a team up movie. Yeah, it's the same way you can have like a Justice League show and have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, GL, all of them in the same show together. But Batman animated series was directed totally different from the way the Superman animated series was. They might have been set up similarly in terms of like the type of writing but the mood the ambiance like the tone was totally different is because it was for that character but when they came together there's a way to write it so that you can make the best of batman's broodiness 
and use that actually as a foil to Superman's Boy Scoutness. Or, yep. or in this case, you're saying Aquaman is more like a Game of Thronesy kind of character versus if you try to make him lighthearted like um, Shazam, which makes sense for Shazam because he's literally a like middle schooler. A child. He is a child. He's a child. So it makes sense for his lines to land well and make sense in universe, and that works for him. But when you write him in a serious movie, obviously don't choose when you give him certain lines so it doesn't mm-hmm. mess up the overall vibe. But he needs to be there. Versus, like Aquaman, like if you make him like if you write him like Shazam, then you're gonna get like a Super Friends Aquaman, and it's like oh whales, like it's gonna be embarrassing. Nobody's gonna want to watch that. It might be funny for the people who like watching bad movies on purpose, but. What about the people who like really care about these characters? And honest to goodness, we've been had a really low time as far as like just like wiping out and wiping out and wiping out and wiping out, and they keep putting more money and more money and more money, and they keep rebranding and reshooting and all of this stuff. We didn't even get that back uh, that background movie. That got canned immediately. You know what I mean? So that's so true. What's next? Like write the stories for the characters, direct them for those characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like Joker too. It it definitely needs to be a musical because that's what Joker is known for. But I think that's a good angle too. If you're gonna do a if you're gonna do a Joker, I didn't think they should do a sequel. I still don't think they should, but we'll see. I don't think so. No, if you're going to do a Joker too, you do gotta take a big risk and do a different angle. And them doing a musical, I'm like, oh, and it's supposed to be sent to Arkham Asylum. That could work. Play with psychedelics and with the song structure. I'm like, it, it could hit. It could we'll, we'll see. You know? <laughs> I think that be one of the few ways they could pull it off because I think otherwise it's, it's not going to work. It's good. This is either going to be the greatest movie ever or the worst idea they've ever had. It's more yeah. likely to fail than than it, it is, is to succeed. But I hope it succeeds because honestly, goodness, there's nothing to gain by hoping it fails. I want good movies. Yeah. I want to enjoy watching the characters that I grew up liking. Like, who doesn't want a good movie? Marvel or DC or whatever. Well, it seems like uh, us comic book fans don't want to see good movies based on Martin Scorsese's comments about us. Oh, that's Uh, true. So he made a comment. uh, (laughs) He made a comment uh, regarding a... During an interview for his uh, upcoming movie, I think Killers of the Flower Moon, which is about like a Native American uh, tribe with Leonardo DiCaprio starring in it. And he was asked about blockbusters recently, and Scorsese said that their omnipresence could be negative to audiences who aren't well-versed in other types of films by saying, quote, the danger there is what it's doing to our culture, he said, because there are going to be generations now that think movies are only those. That's what movies are. He continues by saying, uh, I'm sorry, the interviewer did pose this statement that audiences might already believe that, uh, comic book movies are essentially the norm, the golden standard, and stuff like that. And Scorsese replies back by saying, quote, they already think that, which means that we have to then fight back stronger, and it's got to come from the grassroots level. It's got to come from the filmmakers themselves, and you'll have, you'll have like you know, the Christopher Nolans and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And hit them from all sides. Hit them from all sides and don't give up. Let's see what you got. Go out there and do it. Go rent it, re it. Reinvent. Reinvent. <laughs> Don't complain about it, but it's true because we got to save cinema. Uh, and last thing he did say, just to make sure you guys don't think he's a complete meanie, uh, he did describe about the streaming era of content. He said, I do think that the manufactured, the manufactured content isn't really cinema. It's almost like AI making a film. 
And that doesn't mean that you don't have incredible directors and special effects people doing beautiful artwork, but what does it mean? What do these films, what will it give you? Aside from the kind of consumption of something and then eliminating it from your mind, your whole body, you know, what is it giving you? Now, I, this caused a mixed response-ish, depending on the Twitter space you are. Um, Scorsese is well known for his multiple comments in the past like five years about his opinion on less on comic book culture and more so the franchising mon monopoly that we kind of have in our cinema. Mm -hmm. And early on, early five years, five years ago, a lot of comic book fans were like grilling him, talking to, uh, talking about him and stuff like that. Um, whereas when this comic came out, I saw a lot of tweets that were kind of like, he has a point. He has a point. And I wanted to get y'all to his perspective because he's pretty much coming back, coming out at comic book culture, but more so franchising overall. And he's asking for more round uh, grassroots directors to take the helm and make us see like make us feel passionate about cinema again. I want to go first. I want to go first. I really initially want to say shut up Martin Scorsese but at the same time he's absolutely right but well he's not absolutely right he's 90% right and I really think it's unfortunate because I wish he wasn't when he's talking about comic movie, comic book movie culture and like the general audience and thinking that the big blockbuster, spectacular action comic book movie is the standard now, I think he's only partially right because I think that's just a general audience generation mindset now where people have a different expectation of what a movie's supposed to look like and show and do and feel like. So I don't think it's just comic book movies, but I think comic book movies is probably the most prominent example of what that looks like. Um, I I have was talking to somebody, some like uh, girl who's like a couple years younger than me, and she was like, she really enjoyed Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse, good movies, um, but really hated the new Batman, um, Robert Pattinson Batman movie. She said it was terrible, it's awful, zero out of ten. It was boring, it was slow, it was brooding, and it was just like, I, I can I can see, I, I feel like this is, these are the type of audiences that Martin Scorsese is talking about in terms of like, people don't want cinema, they want action movies or quick I can't. blockbuster movies. Yeah, eye candy. Perfect. Eye like candy or fan Almost. service. Yes. Um, I feel like the, it's, this is probably not true, but like the last movie I can think about that was like cinema like from like that that definition from my picturing is probably get out and that's definitely not true there's definitely been movies since then that's come out but like just off the top of my head really popping off lately like there's, yeah. there's been a lot of really solid movies out yes but none of them are franchises almost nope. none of them are franchises yes and i want to see i'm i agree with him in terms of like i want to see cinema i want there to be both because i enjoy these comic book, comic book movies obviously that's what like our our thing is we're nerds but at the same time, I also enjoy movies with different aspects and different, like, playing around with different angles and different cinematography, different writing styles, different, like, just be different, but also, like, be what movies originally were supposed to be, which was tell a story from a camera, not just, like, pictures and the books and writing. Like, I want movies to be distinguishable between books and, like, TV shows. And right now, a lot of movies, it feels like, at least for me, they're just long TV shows. 
I feel like we're getting to the point where TV shows and movies are kind of starting to cross, and there's no, no difference between an hour and ten. Yeah, between the way they're written and shot and acted, it feels like either an hour and ten minute TV show is pretty much an hour and ten minute movie, or vice versa. Or like a, a two and a half hour movie is just like six episodes of a TV show. Um, oof. Off the top of my head. I, Cause you're saying he like, said, movies and TV shows are starting to feel the same thing, but then I'm thinking like, all right, there's movies like The Flash and they're like theatrical and this and the third, and there's TV shows like The Flash and it's just terrible writing from start to finish and full of contrived plot holes and it just seems like it's going on for the purpose of going on. And I think in that way, these franchises are doing that because there's no stake. You, you don't have to finish your story. You don't have to write it up. You're actually incentivized not to wrap the story up so that you leave enough loose ends that you can justify a sequel and make more money. Or way back in the day, a movie was, was one complete solid package and therefore you wrote it mm-hmm. that way. So there was less contrived writing. There was less foolishness. And honest to goodness, like, TV shows are built like that. Season after season after season. Shows that should end after season five, like we said earlier. Keep going to, like... How many seasons of Supernatural did we get? Like, 12 seasons? And 13. Almost got canceled. 13? Like, it should have ended at 8. should end at 1. Smallville, same thing. Um, Anything CW oh, makes. <laughs> but... But... Go ahead. Hmm. No, you got it. No, I'm going ahead. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Mars Scorsese's comments... Um, even back then, I agree with his thoughts. I know, I, I know a lot of people didn't like his comments back then. But back then, I saw the writing on the wall as well. I think other people did too. But me specifically, I was like, yeah, this, it's getting a little much. We're starting to get into homework territory when it comes to these franchise movies, where it's less about you going because you actually want to see it, and more so, oh, I'm gonna go see it specifically because it's a Marvel movie or it's a DC movie or it's a Star Wars content. Like, I'm just watching it because I'm part of a fandom, thus that's my loyalty to consume it, instead of saying I genuinely want to watch it. And that's why we have, and this will be a whole different conversation, obviously, but but that's why we have a lot of people who thrive on hating a lot of this stuff, because if you're not actually looking forward to it, then you're purposely just looking for it to do bad, because you don't care whether it succeeds or fails, because you don't care in the first place. All right. I want to jump in again. As our resident movie expert, like James, I have a question. What was the last movie that was like hugely popular? Or I even make it simpler. Was there a movie made this year in 2023 that was hugely successful and popular, but that had an original idea, character, script? Like, I'm trying to think of like the top five movies this year that came off the top of my head. The Mario movie. Like a non-franchise. yeah, not even just a franchise. Like, Barbie wasn't a franchise, but Barbie's not an original character or content. Like, what was the last original, like, character, script, content, actors, everything that just wasn't, that was actually pretty successful? So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The top three movies of this year was Barbie, the Super Mario Brothers, and Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Top three. And that's actually the first time since 2001 that the top three box office was not um, was not covered by a sequel, a reboot, a remake, or even a uh, comic book movie. That is the first time since 2001 that the top three box office did not have any of those categories. And that's amazing. Now, technically, Barbie is an IP, Super Mario's is based yeah. on a franchise, Oppenheimer is based on a book 
so it technically is not. And and it's but also based off the actual. Book adaptations aren't as bad. No. Yeah, exactly. But I was looking at the box office numbers, and the first original from this year, the first original idea, is Elemental at number nine of the box okay. office. Okay. That's like you have to go okay. down nine spots to get the Elemental. Okay. And but I will say this though. Um, even though Martin Scorsese was like talking trash on franchises, it's it's a thing where us as consumers also need to share some part of the blame too because we do find comfort in these things. We do enjoy this type of content. Um, there's a movie that came out just now called um, The Creator, and it's an original sci-fi picture movie with a blockbuster budget starring Denzel Washington's son, and it's not it's performing decent at the box office right now it's first weekend and no one's really talking about it as much same thing with Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon it's gonna it's an original sci-fi product it's releasing on Netflix in November I believe and I wonder how much noise that's gonna make we want original ideas we want to say bring us cinema but then when these creator creators like Zack Snyder's and all of them come about are we actually out there showing out for their original ideas yeah. Or do we only care about the pipeline that we have on Marvel, DC, Star Wars? I, I, I got to push back, though. I got to push back. Because I feel like, to a certain degree, you're right. We're not going out to see those movies. And then there is definitely, like, a self-generated community culture, especially within fandoms, that almost kind of softly bullies, like, oh, you didn't see that movie yet? Oh, you're not a real DC fan. Oh, you're not a Marvel fan. If you haven't seen this movie or seen all the billion TV shows that, honestly, goodness, I'm pretty sure everyone collectively gave up, like, a year ago. I'll keep it up with the TV shows, right? And so, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, yes, we're partially responsible, but like, there is like an exploitative nature to the industry. Really, really hoping to almost farm for our attention. We have so many like attention traps and dopamine traps in the way that, like, oh, this is familiar. This is familiar. This is familiar. And honest goodness, most of the time when you go to the movie theaters, movie theaters is more expensive than it's ever been. And yeah. if you're gonna see a movie, you want to see a movie that you know you're gonna like people don't watch tv like they used to the way we get advertisements is totally different and in general we don't see movies unless someone by word of mouth tells us it's good we're way back in the day you more people went to the movies more often and we rolled the dice more often people actually watched tv and they didn't like stream it so you actually saw the commercials generally people were like this is a product of streaming not us i didn't make everything streaming you didn't make everything streaming Cable changed, advertisements changed, and honest to goodness, franchises make money. Businesses want to make money, yeah, and true. the movie that, industry is a movie industry. And although you're right, we did kind of buy in. Like, bro, like a lot of this is just a like this is the nature of the beast. As the the whole TV movie industry has changed radically, so I almost don't think it's fair to like put it too much on us as consumers. The movie industry changed in a way that made it for consumers to be more focused on convenience. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either because you want to make sure your consumers are convenient. You know, they, they, it's hard to tell a family of four to take a gamble, to buy four tickets, buy snacks, sit down and invest at least minimum 90 minutes of your time on a movie that you kind of hope is worth your money instead of putting your money in another uh, the Secret Wars or whatever the next Marvel movie is going to be project because at least you know 
the formula of Marvel movies. You know, you know when I go see it, I know I'm at least somewhat walk away like it's okay. All right, it's all right. Well, let me and go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. I, I was just saying, like, I get it. Like, I totally get it. You want to know what you're gonna get. People want predictability. As much as people say they want new things, they don't want new things. That's why we've gotten to this franchise wormhole, but you are right. Like, it's actually getting to the point where I'm pretty sure the, the writers are tired of writing the same old tire story. I bet the animators are tired of animating and spending all this time where, like, what took a group of 15, like, animators to make 15 minutes of really good CGI? Half people were sitting there, like, not paying attention. Like, all this effort on movies that are not necessarily original. They almost, like, like this cookie cutter, it's it's hurting the industry. And yes, like, we're kind of in, like, this Catch-22 situation where it's like, all right, like, then make original movies. And it's like, all right, then you're not going to make, it's going to be an ugly transition and they're not going to make as much money and then it's going to be hard for them to, like, fund more projects in the future and then there's going to be less movies coming out for a while. And then you have to deal with the yeah. whole, like, streaming service thing. The cat's out of the bag. We're already used to streaming. It's not going away. It's not going, that's why they're trying, that's why these... This is a whole other topic, but I'm going to try to bring it back to the main point. But just to re respond to what you said, too, is that that's why these streamers are trying to make the streaming service the new cable now. They're trying to have these tiers have more ads and make now having an ad-free plan more of a luxury than a convenience. Because now Netflix is making multiple ad tiers. Disney Plus is doing it. HBO Max is doing it. They're all now adding multiple ad, ad tiers to make it to where you got to pay almost 20 bucks a month per plan for each streaming service if you want that ad-free, luxurious uh, type of lifestyle. And one thing you said too that, that was interesting is that you brought up how even like maybe writers or animators or developers or anyone like that, they're also maybe not into having to pitch the same type of feel. And that's actually, I would say for Pixar, that's actually true because Elemental was about to be a flop but then it stayed in theaters long enough and now I think it made some slight profit now because it stayed in theaters for like a couple of months now but one thing Pixar Studios said was that they announced Toy Story 5 and a lot of fans were upset and the CEO was pretty much saying hey look we love making original content but we need money to make these original content and the only way for us to make money is to milk the IPs we already made like the Toy Stories the cars or whatever and then use the funding from those IPs to create new original ideas. That's pre so they're pretty much saying, look, original content yeah. don't really make as much money, but for us to keep the creative energy, we have to dive back into our bag. It's a whole catch-22, and I blame the original people. Yeah. I Yeah. You blame original people? The original writers? <laughs> I like no. original stories. Who are you blaming? People, people. Like, I originally blame people. Yes. That's... That's, that people's what a problem. Does that mean? Get rid of people, there's no more problems. Exactly. There's no more anything. No more nothing. Um, but. Joe? What? Go ahead, go ahead Jason. I want, to hear you, I want to hear your opinion. Go ahead. It's about to go off again. I lost my, lost my, lost my lost train of thought. <coughs> yeah. Man, well, hopefully get your train of thought back because we're talking well, about Sam Raimi now. One last thing. No, you keep your thought in your head. You keep your thought. No, sorry. No, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> Because we went back and forth, and I kept commenting on both of your um, stuff, but I never gave my opinion of, of uh, Martin's opinion. Oh, my fault, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I 95% agree. Um, 
because I think about the best movies I've seen recently, they've been older movies and original movies, and I've been watching them on either like Max or like Hulu. Like I recently rewatched um, Whiplash. That movie Whiplash was literally amazing. There was no explosions. There was no like, like action scene. There was no fan service. CGI. There was no no yeah, none of that. They kept the cast slim, and they. Everything from the way it was directed, the sound, um, which which things they chose to emphasize, like color choicing, like everything about that movie was just like, wow, like it sucked me in and they didn't need to break the bank to do it. And it was an original idea and very self-contained. There was no IPs on it. And I'm just like, yep. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that in theaters. And I think the only type of movies that are that good that I'll ever see in theaters tend to be horror movies. Like, movies that are original and also, like, interesting. Yeah. So, like, for me, like the best movies I've seen in theaters in the last three years have all been either horror or thriller. With exception of Wakanda Forever and the Spider-Man movie. And that's because they have a big studio backing them, but you're right. Usually it's the horror movies because it's low cost, you know, like, five, ten mil, get a nice creative idea, make some money. Like, I like The Woman movie. King. Oh, I, I, The Woman King, that just want to throw that out there. I thought that was a, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, that's a good movie too. It's more of like an action movie, though. Um, yeah. You're right, but you're right. That That is an original IP. So, Woman King, but, but most like, horror. Barbarian was an amazing movie. Uh, Smile, I thought was a really good, um, solid movie. I'm going to yeah. see The Nun 2, but that's more of a franchise because it's part of the yeah. Conjuring world. So, yeah. I again, like some of the better movies I've seen have been horror and thriller. But again, because they're not. They don't even have the ability to be limited to franchises because horror movie franchises flop. Jason X was so hilariously bad that we had to rewatch it last year. The greatest, the greatest movie of all time. The worst. Movie one of my, one of one seen. of my favorite top ten favorite movies of all time. Jason X. Jason X is, is a definitely movie. is definitely one of the movies. It's one of the movies of all time. Yes. It was one of the. It was like that movie was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. And sometimes it wasn't, um, but sometimes it wasn't. I think, um, and that's why they're also trying to bring back Halloween. They're trying to do a reboot of Halloween now. We'll see how that goes. Okay, re reboot and everything. I, w I wouldn't mind seeing a reboot of Halloween because I saw the original one. I was like, God, leave this joint bad. You didn't like the, orig like the original one, 1979? I watched the 1979 Halloween movie last October and I saw that mug and, like, objectively, it's a bad movie. There was, like, three tracks in the soundtrack for the whole movie. That was a oh, what? And I no, not horrible. It wasn't trash. For its time, I get it. I enjoy the campiness of it. Obviously, if it came out today, everyone would be laughing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm not. I'm yeah. I I it's. I enjoyed it. It's campy. It's fun. I like old movies for the same exact reason. I'm no, saying, like it. It is I'm actually. Interested a, to, I'm interested to see what a modern version of it would be today. There were just certain decisions they made in that movie that even given his limitations, I was like, why did you do that? That's why. That was, it's a classic. It is a cinematographic fact. Anyways, I'm going to get it. It's crazy. Godfather 2 over. Godfather 2 over Halloween. We don't talk. What? What? It's not the same genre. Not even not even close. I know. We're talking about classic movies. And I'm like, if I had to choose an old old movie. Anyways. Anyways. You will put me on the spot. I know. I know. It's okay. It's Godfather 2. But I get it. I get it. Look, I get Jason's perspective, and he can have his opinion because there's a lot of classic movies that came out, especially in the comic book realm like Spider-Man 2, hosted by a director, Sam Raimi, which brings me to the topic of how this beloved director is rumored 
and I mean that specifically, rumors, so take it with a grain of salt, Sam Raimi is in the talks to be directing the culmination of Marvel um, Multiverse Saga, Secret Wars. Now, he's the same director that directed Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange 2 sequel, which had a lot of mixed responses from people for multiple of reasons. And a lot of people have their concerns of Sam Raimi is the right choice to go for a big, epic finale. At least my interpretation might be big, epic finale of the saga. And I want to hear what Jason's thoughts are could be on this particular topic. I am 1000% supporting Sam Raimi being the top choice for Secret Wars. Marvel needs to come back. And Sam Raimi's directing in general is consistent and wholesome and thoughtful and meticulous. Like... I feel like that's what Marvel needs right now because right now Marvel's been in a really, really bad cookie cutter cycle where a lot of the movies are getting staler and staler and even the most easily satisfied movie viewers who really just want to throw some popcorn in their mouths and watch a good action movie are getting to the point where they're like, I can't watch this crap anymore. I think Sam Raimi um, directing Secret Wars would be beastly. Um, I kind of hope that he kind of pushed, like, you know pushes the limits a little bit more because I really think we need to break the mold like badly because it's getting to the point where it's not just DC movie, DC live action movies that are like starting to look bad like superhero movies are starting to look bad which which actually reminds me of something I heard this week that I thought you guys would be interested in it's like a little bit of like a dumb conspiracy theory there's like this conspiracy theory that like they're like purposefully writing these movies bad or just making executive decisions bad so that they could like allow everyone collectively to be so sick of superhero movies and keep giving you more superhero movies until you're so sick of superhero movies that after that the cinema industry is going to change for the better I, I just thought that was funny that's a nice little theory what do y'all think a nice that's theory. a theory i that's i don't I... hey look someone thought it and it's yes. there for a theory it was, was thought of <laughs> someone's trying to purposely I don't think they're doing that on purpose because they're losing a crap ton of money but I thought it was fine yeah especially looking like Indiana Jones this year that thing bombed like crazy and, oh with uh, Tom Holland no no, in, in, no Indiana Jones, Jones. No, I'm thinking of oh, Tom Holland was the um, Uncharted 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 Uncharted, Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah. yeah wrong franchise yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> oh, they all they all look the same um but but Malcolm, what's your perspective on Sam Raimi directing uh, Marvel Secret Wars? I honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I think he did a good job with Multiverse of Madness, and I think that's the last thing that's going that I, like I have in my head to like picture, but. Other than that, I don't know if I'm, like, very confident that he'll do, like, a great job. Because I think this is such a big task. But if I had to make a decision, I think he would be the director that I would want doing this. Because I feel like it's more, like, safe in a way. Because Marvel has been dipping. And I think it's not a huge risk, but it's not going to hurt them. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, the, um, the, uh... The TV show that just came out that completely flopped. I know you can say which one. Yeah, Secret Invasion. Like, that was bad. Or the one before that. Or any of the the TV shows. Or any of the movies. They they started to go downhill in quality. And I think people and fans specifically are going to see 
the quality go down and want something steady, but not like to go. It doesn't have to be Infinity War Endgame level, but it can't be Age of Ultron when it first came out. But now Age of Ultron looks good compared to what's out now. But I don't know if you remember when Age of Ultron first came out, people were so disappointed. I think we'll take that. I'll take that, honestly. If it was as good as Age of Ultron, I'll take that. Jeez, that's that's saying something. People really were mad as I don't know what when Age of Ultron came out. I I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I was one of them. I I thought, yeah, it was. I hate the movie that bad. It wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't bad enough. I, I didn't feel like it deserved as much hate as it got. I think it's because of the standard of what we expected for Marvel movies. We were like, wow, like the the first Avengers. I remember going to the well, movies in general, but I remember going to the, like coming out of the first Avengers movie. I'm like, that was one of the best movie experiences I've ever had. So going to see the sequel to that, I was like, or I really just hope it's a really good movie. And it was just so disappointed. It was okay in retrospect, but right now it was just. It wasn't a bad movie, but just missed the mark of what people were expecting it to kind of keep rising in quality, but instead it kind of just like made like a horizontal movement or it plateaued. And I think we're dipping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think we're dipping a little bit too. I think that um, I think Sam Raimi as directing it, I'm fifty fifty on it. A part of me is kind of like, I it's such a big task to do to juggle because now mind you, this is just me speculating that if it's going to be Secret Wars, I'm expecting us to get a bunch of characters. I don't know how many, but I'm assuming this is supposed to be like the end, and some people are rumoring this is supposed to be a soft reboot of the MCU before we start the next saga. That's a rumor, but uh, whatever. But I don't know, I've, I've never seen a Sam Raimi movie where he's able to juggle so many characters and like tell a cohesive story like that. A lot of his movies are very focused on one or two, maybe three characters max. But a whole big cast of the Avengers, plus maybe Fantastic Four, if they do show up in Secret Wars, that's just a lot to juggle. I think Marvel, I think it's less about, I think it's more about uh, Sam Raimi's a veteran in the game. He just knows how to shoot movies and make sure the movie arrives on time. I I will say, I have another point. He's the one who directed Spider-Man 3, right? The greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. Um, no, but the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest critique of that movie was that there was too many villains, too many characters, and it was just not, like, well-directed. Do you think he'll, do you think that was, first of all, do you think that was on him? I know you said the studio meddled in and, like, it added too much, but still, do you think it could have been handled better, and do you think he's learned his lesson all these 15, 20 years later from Spider-Man 3? Can he handle all these different characters, villains, and heroes in one movie? Here's, a, here's what I'll say. Um, I don't put all the blame on Spider-Man 3 on Sam Raimi just because of the fact that you can tell that he had a different idea for where he wanted the direction of the franchise to go. Because he, I think he was planning to use Mysterio, but instead he wanted to use Venom to cash in on that merchandising uh, figures. And so I think heavy studio interference uh, worse in his film, just like Multiverse of Madness, studio interference. And, and <laughs> What were the areas where studio of, interference made Multiverse of Madness worse, in your opinion? I feel like, um, it, oh, you know what? I'll take that statement back. I actually don't think it was due to interference that ruined Multiverse of Madness. I think it was because of the popularity of scoopers throwing out false rumors, saying, oh, we're going to see Deadpool, we're going to see these characters here, these characters there, uh, and it kind of ruined, because we had expectations up here when the movie was actually not trying to be up there. 
And I think the same thing, unfortunately, is gonna happen with Secret Wars because we are we are starving for like that connective that uh, connective tissue that really feels like okay, we're now in a universe again. Like we have characters interacting, and uh, putting all this on Sam Raimi. Now it all depends on who the writer is. They already they they fired their original writer for uh, Secret Wars. I think they're currently looking for a new writer to write a new script. And whoever writes that script, as long as they focus on two to three characters max, and the other ones are more so like supporting characters for the plot, I think Sam Raimi can do it. And as long as Marvel backs out, as long as Kevin Feige, listen to me, you stay out of Sam Raimi's way right now, okay? Let the GOAT direct the film, <laughs> make sure you approve the script, and just let him do the movie. Don't jump in adding like your little Easter eggs or whatever crap like that. Just, just make us a, just make a good film. Just make a good film and just call it a day. And we'll see how it goes. So me personally, I think Sam Raimi is 50-50 depending on how good the script is. Because I think even with Multiverse of Madness, my biggest pros of that movie was his visual flair, his style that made things kind of feel unique. Bingo. Yeah. That's what made it good. So if you have that with a cohesive script, oh man, we have a banger, man. Yeah, sometimes you just can't do what you can do with certain scripts. Even great actors can't act with a bad script. Exactly. Like the Blue Beetle Medium movie, for example. Oh, oh, like, there was oh, two oh. good actors in that movie. <clears throat> Blue Beetle. <clears throat> oh my gosh. The movie was Malcolm's a hated brainer. I know. He doesn't like watching teenagers. Uh, so here's but since when is that a bad thing? What? <laughs> since uh, Malcolm wants to uh, go after these young heroes... There is a rumor that the Batman Part Two wants to talk about um, the Batman Part Two wants to introduce Robin, Dick Grayson, Robin actually, not Damian Wayne. So with Wait, that being said, Dick Grayson. You can't. So that I'm, I'm assuming because a couple of months ago it was rumored that. Um, uh, James Gunn and Matt Reeves met to make sure their plots don't really align fully. And I'm assuming, I guess their agreement was probably Ronald Reigns and Dick Grayson. Now, mind you, this is from a, the same scooper who I told y'all to take with a grain of salt because they've been kind of shaky a little bit lately. But it's an interesting rumor tidbit because we do have a quote from Robert Pattinson back in the day when the Batman 1 premiered by saying that if they do do a Robin, it needs he needs to be 13 years old. We're not doing the Nolan adult who his nickname is Robin but he's not really Robin type of angle he is the boy <laughs> wonder so based on I want to go to Malcolm for this because Malcolm's a die hard Batman fan <laughs> he can tell us his perspective on seeing the 13 year old boy alongside a grown man fighting crime it is ridiculous it is goofy and it is going to be beautiful depending on how they do it and who they cast but I believe that this will be a good decision because I don't want to see a grown man Robin who's like 25 but like supposed to be like 18 and fighting with Batman and it just like looks awkward like no like Robin Dick Grayson is a child crime fighter that's what he's supposed to be that's what his like his shtick is that's like the appeal the draw like wow like this kid he's actually out here fighting crime with Batman and he's holding his own I want to see that live action. I want to see what they do, how they make it work. I think they could make it work. Um, and not only just like the crime fighting act aspect, but like he's also uh, also a great detective, also great in like that area in that field as well. Like he's not just acrobatic 
flying, kicking, throwing objects. Like he, he is a detective boy wonder mini Batman. He's a great sidekick. So if they do decide to cast the correct actor, I don't have one yet, but I think they need to get the actual actor right before I get, go all in and be like, this is a 10 out of 10 decision. I think Tom Holland. Shut up. Yeah. Stop. It's just the, the popular meme going around. Tom Holland can play anybody. Like, he probably could. Honestly, he probably could be. But... I don't know, man. I, I haven't seen him do anything good outside of Spider-Man yet. You're right, he hasn't done anything good outside of Spider-Man. He needs that check. He needs um, something else that's not superhero related so that his career can actually not get boxed in. Because right now he's dangerously close to that threshold where he can't act outside of it. But that's neither here nor there. He'll just be known as Spider-Man, that's it. And Zendaya's boyfriend. I mean, he's... Yeah, yeah I think Malcolm said everything spot on for the Robin. I don't even have anything to add. Gotcha. And you know what, Malcolm? I agree with you as well. I think uh, whoever the cast is Robin... Hopefully just some unknown actor. Or, you know, they might take one of the kids from Stranger Things for all I care. <laughs> and make one of them Robin, I guess. Because um, I think they're season five. I think they're about to have their final season. Yeah. Um, if they do the Batman part two, I don't know. I guess I can see narratively how that could fit in the sequel. Because we saw him kind of leave uh, Selena Kyle while he goes and kind of uh, tries to become a hero instead of vengeance. And maybe he'll see that, uh, see like an orphan boy. And maybe that'll help him narratively learn how to what it means to appear as a hero in front of someone who could be easily influenced by an adult's actions. So maybe he, the next film could tackle him being a role model of some sort while on his journey. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it on my end. Jason, you have no comments, right? Nah, man. All right, cool, cool, cool. Malcolm, thank you for your uh, detailed explanation of Batman Part Two. <laughs> so this is respectfully speaking y'all episode two thank you guys for tuning in and watching our content please leave a like comment subscribe if you're on youtube if you're on the audio podcast you know give us a five-star rating if you uh if you can and we are out peace